All right, this is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. <laughs> I have not one but two fantastic guests, sisters, Sheila and Anita Viramontes. Ladies, how are you doing? Really well. Happy Saturday. Doing good. All right. <laughs> it is Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, um... I know, Sheila, uh, you and I were on Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Oh, we did. And that's right. Remember, Norman, we were talking about, uh, especially when Don was on, we were talking about that wonderful song, um, Invisible. And remember, right. I played yes, the yes. clip from uh, yeah. Carolyn Doyle mm-hmm. talking about being an older actress and sort of being invisible. Mm-hmm. And that was the song that, uh, that you sang. I'm, it was called Invisible. That's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I tell you, the audience, and it was an older audience, uh, they just loved you know, oh, yeah. that, that version. Yeah. They really uh, responded to it. And uh, you, um, uh, Anita, you were just at the Contra Costa Civic Theater. Correct, yes. Um, and what was the show that you did? Once on this island. Once oh, on nice. this <laughs> Who'd you play? I was Mama. Mm. I was Mama. Yeah. So what do you, uh, T-Moon, is that the song? T-Moon is yeah. a ballad um, between three actors. Gorgeous, mm-hmm. gorgeous piece. I didn't know the show real well. I, got I, to, I played Papa Gay way back in the day. Oh, my God. That's a challenging role. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Every night I would do the <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the uh, first act, <laughs> and you know, and they wanted me to do. So I still had for years these blood capsules. They wanted me to have a red mouth, oh but God. it's impossible to sing and sit there and make that huge sound and have light in your mouth. You know, that becomes a big dark hole. So after a while, they let that go. <laughs> I've got to find out what the plot of the show is. I don't know anything about it. It's the Little it. Mermaid. Well, it's not the Little Mermaid, but it's very similar. Um, it's um, it's basically the Dominican Republic, isn't it? Haiti, Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. It's an island where there's the rich side of the island with the light-skinned people and the dark side of the island oh, with the poor people. Oh, interesting. And, uh, and then all the gods. So yes. it's funny because your character, there's Mama and Papa and uh, Timun. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the prince character, the young rich guy who crashes his car on the wrong side of the island, T-Moon finds him and brings it back to life ah, with the help of the gods. Yes. Is it one of those things where, let's say, two people fall in love, but they're on the different sides of of um, of, of the road, you know, like mm-hmm. the right. dark skin and the light skin. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, and those folks, the composers, went on to do, I think, a bunch of Disney. So, <clears throat> But this was before all that. Very, very cool. Well, we'll learn a little bit about you. It's, it's exciting to, I was telling you off mic, to have a family. Usually we hear about, let's say, one person saying, oh, I'm the, I'm the only person that does theater. Everyone else does other things. But when you have uh, family members, we had the Capozzi's on a couple of uh, weeks ago, and it was exciting to have sisters. And now you two are sisters, and uh, it's just wonderful to have family drawn t- you know, towards theater. As I begin every uh, podcast, how was your week, Norman? This is a happy week. Uh, so this is the first week that As You Like It does four shows. Um, we've had rehearsals. We've had previews. But this is actually four shows. Uh, we're in Cupertino. And um, we've been having sound issues. Oh. And last night, sound was pretty good. For the audience, sound was better than it is for us. Mm-hmm. They have a combination of head mics and floor mics and new mics. We got two new mics. Yeah. And this is outside, right? We're outside. Yeah. And the problem is, if you project, you know, that's the sound level that your sound guy is going to set for, mm-hmm. um, which means that when your mic cuts out, yeah. you aren't suddenly loud. You are. You exactly. Know, but if you aren't projecting and your mic cuts out, and that's what we kept hearing backstage is, one person's talking. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just finished doing a sound gig for Heather's, and I had to go through that as the sound person, mm-hmm. you, you using the board, you know, writing down. You're writing the board, yeah. yeah. And one, we had, there was one show, there was one episode where there's the lead actress, mm-hmm. and she's pretty much on stage all the time, and her mic went out because I guess the batteries weren't put in. Right. And luckily, she she was a very smart woman. She has she sings with a co-star, and of course the co-star. I think there's like a steamy sex scene or whatever. She's using her co-star's microphone right. to sing in the mic, and I'm like, okay, that's great. Hopefully, right. when she gets off stage, we right. can fix this thing. Right. <laughs> but yeah, things like that happen, and we, uh, we've tried to use those <coughs> strategies. But you know, when you're outdoors, you're also playing big. That's right. So you can't really get up on your scene partner, but. <laughs> we've been we've been trying everything. Yeah, yeah. And I've gotten compliments more than once mm-hmm. about my diction and the fact that they can understand everything I say. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm used to working outdoors, so I just automatically yeah do that. And the guy very pointedly was like, <clears throat> not everyone was doing it. Of course. Yeah. Diction is a is a main thing, as Sheila will probably tell you. I have a, a ritual that I do every before every show. Yes, oh. Articulators and resonators, uh-huh. and I think you know actors should should always do that. Right. <laughs> well, kn- I don't know if you knew there was a contingent of us that were doing it with you. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Happy <laughs> <laughs> um, We would often go, let's join Reg. And oh, so yes, it was oh so that's cool. Oh, yeah, because yeah. yeah. I would. I mean, I. I don't know. I have, I have a ritual where I sort of I'm, I'm in my own zone, and right. so I don't really connect with other people before mm-hmm. the show. And I'm just doing my things, you know, like uh, better like gutter, better gutter. but yeah, sure. But also articulators like the chest resonator, mm-hmm. uh, right. and the mask and the mm-hmm. head yeah. to make sure the voice blends and all that stuff. And oh, I'm yeah. thinking I'm doing that all by myself, but I guess the mics were already on they and were they're on. listening to oh. me. <clears throat> very very cool. Oh, while they were doing sound check last night, they mm-hmm. apparently we have a big number that they use as sort of the. Let's make sure everybody's cool and ready once we've done individual checks. We do that, walk backstage, and I leave in the middle of the song. I leave, mm-hmm. and I go backstage and have a big, quick change. So I'm sitting there, and I start to mutter something, and I hear it come through the speaker. Oh, no. Sound man. Bad sound man. Bad sound well, man. He was he was juggling a lot at the moment, but yeah. it made everybody very careful yesterday backstage. We were all very careful. <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There have been some current events. It's been a very interesting week, oh, and yeah. usually we talk about current events. You guys can always jump in. Mm-hmm. So in Tennessee, it, this touched my heart. So ICE, you know, they have been making arrests. Right. And in Tennessee, they tried to arrest a man in a car, and the citizens, the neighbors, formed a chain to right. say, no, oh, no. Yes, you yes, are not no, doing this. No, right. And that was just fantastic. I was right. like, wow, in Tennessee. Right. That was awesome. And I think we're all hopefully all ready to do that. <coughs> Be I know on the in right my side neighborhood. Of the yeah. 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 I, yeah. I will happily walk over. Um, yeah. I could spend the night with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, this was interesting, and usually I talk about, like, politics, but this is this gets into the theater. Faye Dunaway. So there's a show oh. called Tea at Five. Uh-huh. I don't know anything about it. And apparently it's a one-woman show, <laughs> and apparently it was shut down because oh. Faye Dunaway was fired for being hostile to the crew. Mm. Did, did you guys hear about this? I saw it go by, but I don't know the details. Yeah. Uh, somebody commented on it at the show. They made a joke about, well, maybe we could get Faye Dunaway. I didn't know why they were making the joke. <laughs> there you go. Huh. And I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't heard Faye Dunaway's name, name right. since, uh, what, Mommy Dearest, when she played right. Joan Crawford. Right. And I was like, wow, she's playing mean. But that's just grown, and, you know, that's just her portraying, apparently. Right. Uh, yeah, she, uh, and apparently she had the script. For I'm reading this, uh, she had the script for six months and was still not off book. 
Whoa. <laughs> and needed to have the lines fed to her via, you know, uh, intercom, whatever, oh, no. and was throwing salad. And she didn't like what she was being fed. I mean, she just had a, a pissy, pissy fit. Oh, my. And, uh, I mean, I know she's up there at age, but, geez, you know, you got to treat her. And if she think, you know, think, you know, the crew basically saying, mm-hmm. listen, we're not dealing with this anymore. Right. So right. we're stopping it. Right. Good for the crew. Yeah. Good for the crew. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't. No, that, that sounds more Hollywood than stage. I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. There's a camaraderie between artists and the artistic panel and you the staff, and there must be respect and right. Absolutely, yes. thank that, you for that, that word. Yes. Boundaries, the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, on all levels. Yeah. Um, asteroid 2019, okay, nearly hit Earth, no, and scientists did not realize it. <laughs> mm. Like a uh, literal flyby. Yeah, exactly. And Trump and the fake seal. I'm sure you've heard about this. Oh, oh that was it. awesome. I, I just read about the guy who created it. So this guy created it. Yeah. He had nothing to do with what happened. He just created it because he was he's a former Republican. Yeah. He's pissed. Oh, interesting. And he created this thing. Yeah. And he just threw it online. Somebody grabbed it offline and put it up. <laughs> and there's this wonderful photo of Trump in front of it having yeah. a speech. And for those who don't know, it's a seal. It looks like the, the seal of the President of the United States, yeah. but it has, but two, it has heads. two heads, mm-hmm. yeah. it has golf clubs, yes. and, money. and money. Yeah, in the and, clause. And yeah. the E pluribus unum is something like Trump is an idiot, 4 for 45 45. is an idiot. Yeah. Right. yeah. Or, so, or I think it's fake. Yeah. Like that. yeah. It's, hey, it's, 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 you know, people are, what is it, a civil disobedience. You know, people right. are, are frustrated by what's, what's going on. Yeah. Ladies, I'll just ask you, I mean, how are you dealing with, uh, this is something I ask everyone, the, in the age of Trump. I mean, are you shocked? Are you are you motivated by 2020? Um, I, I, just how do you feel about what's going on? Uh, <laughs> we have an hour, right? Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think, um, I think, Moderating what you take in is sure. important because it can just feel like you're being hammered in a way that we've never experienced before. Right. So much ugliness, so much negativity, um, you know, cruelty really at the base of so much of what's happening. So I yeah. think I think balancing how much you take in and also staying informed, right? Mm-hmm. Check, yeah. check your resources, read things right. thoroughly, mm-hmm. what's the source of the information, yeah. um, and just making sure that you're informed but not overwhelmed, I guess. Yeah, I think that's important. And also, you know, you talk about information, checking multiple sources. I mean, well, you, there used to be a time where I would just read the Washington Post, and that would be enough for me. Right. Now it's like, okay, I've got to check CNN, then I've got to check Slate, then I've got to check the New York the Times, Times and the Wall Street Journal, the Wall, Guardian. Snopes. Right. Yeah. Well, right, right. A lot yeah, of that's Snopes. right. And this is, you know, it's, hor- it's horrible to have to give him credit <clears throat> for something, but his use of the media, I won't even say manipulation, the media is hungry. They're trying to pump something out. So as long as he can throw out any craziness that they will pick up, then they pick it up and they report it, and then we spend the rest of the time unpacking it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we heard from Sheila. Anita, do you have any thoughts about what's what's happening? <laughs> Deep it's, thoughts. It's um, opportunity for material and to create works. Take your brokenheartedness mm-hmm. and turn it into art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to exude frustration, disappointment, or <coughs> lack of faith, write it down. Make a piece of art. Write a song. Yeah. It's a way to expel any bitterness, any mm-hmm. frustration, mm-hmm. Um, and have have hope. Have mm-hmm. hope and, and support the arts even more now. 
yeah. that budgets and the forecast for budgets in the future is so bleak. Mm-hmm. Um, I find mm-hmm. it interesting. It's just a thought that popped into my head. This year's Kennedy Center honors include Sesame Street celebrating their ah, 50th anniversary. That's right. that's right. And there are folks in Washington that would love to see PBS diminished. Right. Yeah, you know what? That is right. It broke my heart when I heard that uh, Sesame Street, I guess the um, the – it's now bought by Disney, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's now private. And I remember growing up, turning on the children's, shel- t- children's television workshop. Right. And knowing that there was a nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, I guess PBS, the public broadcasting system. Right. Excuse me. Funded by just uh, – and there were no commercials. Mm-hmm. Funded by viewers like you, exactly. how I would exactly. always see it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, – to see that diminish is it's it's very very heartbreaking, mm-hmm. and I was just watching on YouTube. I think they were doing a retrospective on Jim Henson, mm-hmm. and all the work that he did. You know, mm-hmm. not only with Sesame Street but with the Muppets, mm-hmm. and just wanting to create a wonderful environment yeah. um, for everyone. Yeah. So let's see. There was one last thing. Um, well, go ahead. So uh, there's um, and I just saw this. Anytime I see RBG. Uh, oh, that's right. Just Miss Ginsburg, yes. And, um, and especially if I don't see it on Twitter. Because the thing is, you see a name on Twitter, and you're immediately <coughs> like, oh, shit, who died? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah but yeah, this yeah. is uh, Nina Totenberg has done, NPR has yeah. done an interview with her. It's gorgeous. I'm just reading the quotes and the, and the, the summary of it. And it's just gorgeous. And she's, she is in her power. Mm-hmm. So what I love is the first thing that caught my attention was a snarky quote saying – you know, they asked about her health. She said, I'm very aware that there's concern about my health. But there was a senator, she said, back mm-hmm. in the day who said um, that I'd be dead in six months. Oh, and goodness. he, I don't remember his name, she says, but he's been long dead and I'm still alive. There you go. <laughs> but the that Ruth was the snarkiest thing yeah. to say. On the other side of it, <clears throat> this is the way that, and I think Roberts aspires to this, to be that Supreme oh, Chief, Court Chief, Justice. Chief Justice Roberts, Chief Justice, yes. I think yes. he does really in his heart, wants to be known as that fair, impartial, mm-hmm. you know, great. He would love to be great. Yeah. We'll see if that happens. Yeah. Uh, but she said this whole notion of the Democratic candidates um, claiming that they're going to add numbers to the Supreme Court. She says that's not the way we do it. It doesn't say in the Constitution, mm-hmm. but for most of our existence, we've had nine. Nine works. Yeah. And she said, oh, and then the other one was the term limits. They want to put term limits on it. But that is enshrined in the Constitution. The lifetime appointment is enshrined in the right. Constitution. Yeah. She's, and she just sort of chuckled and said, so that's not changing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love that she is that matter-of-fact about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't, don't get caught in the politics of the day. Right. If we believe in the ideals of America. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried to do this. And, of course, he was sort of successful in, I guess, what they call the court packing system. This gets into a little bit of history. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to be a nerd about it, but... He, you know, Roosevelt had been in power for 12 years, and in those 12 years, he managed to get a bunch of Supreme Court mm-hmm. justices in. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why we had, Ro- I'm sorry, uh, Brown v. Board of Education, because right. around the time of that, of 1954, we had a bunch of liberal justices in. But to make Ruth Bacon, and of course, the, Re- the Republicans were frustrated just right. as much as Democrats are now. Right. And speaking of the Supreme Court, <clears throat> there was a ruling 5-4 to allow... The, the Trump to money. pull yeah. money from the, um, I guess, from armed military forces military. Yeah, to build mm-hmm. this wall, which I think right. is horrible. But Ginsburg is right. You know, we have a system. Right. And no one's going to be happy or whatever. You know, Republicans are going to be unhappy with what Democrats do. Democrats are going to be unhappy with what Republicans do. But we have a democracy and we have to, you know. 
well, maintain that democracy. Also, one of the things they po- the Supreme Court pointed to yeah. was because the military budget has just been a here you go, here's billions That's more. Right. That's right. Do what you want with it. Yeah. They said there's no reason that the you've already allocated that money to the military. There's no reason that he cannot use that. Yeah. Like okay, I don't. I'm not happy with it, but yeah, you. Yeah, you, know, you can't argue with the yeah. standard of reasoning. Being right, yeah. Yeah. and yes. it ties into what Anita, what you were saying. You know, it's amazing how many billions of dollars goes into the military budget. Like we need another F-14 fighter pilot or whatever, but we <laughs> don't give money to the arts, to education. Right, right. which is which is horrible. So ha- skewed. Before we get into origin story, have you heard of the Billy Graham rule? No. <laughs> So, Mississippi Governor Robert Foster, I guess he's running for re-election. He says, listen, I'm married, and I will never be in the presence of a woman who is not my wife unless I'm in the presence of my wife. That's Mm -hmm. the Billy Graham. That's the respect that I have for my wife. Mm -hmm. And I'm like because right. where we come from that's yeah, yeah. And, and it's you know I hear from these you know conservatives I mean listen you know it's I, for people who are I mean I'm a Christian so you know I, I respect people's religion but mm-hmm. I think sometimes you can be a little bit so orthodox that's not religion yeah. that's sexist yeah it, it's misogyny it's basically right. saying well yeah. I can't trust myself and I can't trust that other woman right and you know I have to you know to ensure my wife that I'm decent you know, I'm not like that Jeffrey Epstein person or whatever, but mm-hmm. the Billy Graham, I never heard of the Billy Graham rule, so mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. That is funny. <laughs> Actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Right, 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 exactly. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, show me. <laughs> do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess you guys have to, don't have to worry about your husbands, you know, <laughs> doing anything like that. Okay. Origin mm. story, the Miramontises. So um, how did you guys grow up? Did you grow up here? Are you from the Bay Area? Yep. Yeah. All right. Born in Concord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Raised in Concord. Yeah. Raised in the Bay Area. And Sheila, you're the oldest, right? I am. I okay. Am. I'm the big sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Any other siblings? One more. Okay. Uh, older sister, I uh, believe she's working in Reno. Yeah. Okay. Uh, somewhere, yeah. somewhere north. Yeah. And she sang when she was younger. She is that sang right? too. Mm-hmm. It sounds like music is a part of your guys' family. Yeah, I mean, did you guys grow much. up in music? We did. We grew up, you know, each one of us got, you know, piano lessons. Each one of us had a guitar. Really, I think it grew out of. Um, probably singing in school and in church, you know, mm-hmm. to start with, just like anyone else, and um, and then gradually grew from there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know I got into theater specifically mm-hmm. back in the day when there was fine arts summer school offered ah. in the summertime. Pre-proposition, mm-hmm. whatever that was. That yeah. was. Um, yeah. 13. Thank you. And uh, Grew so up in it. <laughs> yeah, 12, yeah, twelve years old, signed up to be in a musical, and uh, mm-hmm. never done anything like that before. Of course, yeah, just sung in church, and then all of a sudden, that's, mm-hmm. that kicked off everything. Wow. Yeah. You know, we had Gary Graves on, and he talked about. It. I, I guess there was a time in the seventies or pre seventies where there really was no education funding. Or there really was no emphasis, like there wasn't a school of the arts to go to. And it's something that I take for granted, you know, having gone to an arts high school. Mm-hmm. I have to realize to myself there really wasn't that, or that was sort of just beginning in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess you guys profited from it, huh? Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, I, I know people that were in that show that I still am mm-hmm. dear friends with today. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. sure. For sure. So were you involved in music or was it theater? I mean, was it strictly – did you picture yourselves as singers only? Primarily for me as singer. Okay. I know growing up, my folks played 
I have to back up a little bit. My mom had me when she was 46. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. was played in the mm-hmm. house yeah. were um, big bands, yep. standards, mm-hmm. oh, the Great sure. American Songbook. Yeah. Uh, the oldest sister listened to Peter Frampton, to Earth, Wind, and Fire, to mm-hmm. Boss Skaggs, Top, uh, Tower Power. So mm. when I was 6 and 8 and 10 years old, I was hearing these really complex rhythms yeah. and, and great yeah. melodic lines. Yeah. And I liked the way it it sounded. And I, I thought... That's a great mix, and that's a great mix. So my vocals probably sound like a mad mashup of everything I was exposed to. Wow. Uh, what were the female singers like? Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn, that sort of style? Some Ella, uh, Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary okay. Clooney. Mm. And nice uh, Linda Ronstadt. Yes. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Liza Minnelli. There was a lot of Streisand going on. Streisand, And yes. she was doing a lot of the classics yes. at the time, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I gravitate towards... Voices that are like Play-Doh. Okay. Artists that you hand them um, a swing piece. They can do it. You hand them an R&B piece. They can do it. They, or they do their own imperter- interpretation. Sure. Somebody that can just bend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Sheila, uh, were you listening to the same things, or is your style of music a little different? No, I was listening to the same things, but I trended more toward uh, the types of performances I was doing was more theater-related. Okay. Because right? um, Anita... I like to think of Anita as the one with the legit voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, because she has, you know, made her living as a vocalist, mm. you know, as the as the babe in the band, as it, yeah. as it would be, and she can tell you that story. Um, mine was really always linked to theater, okay. Um, you know, with the exception of a few, you know, cabaret style performances. Mine has always been linked yeah. to a character. Did, did you story. perform as a child? Yeah, just in church, and I and I can tell you a story about the mm-hmm. very first time I needed to perform by myself. You uh-huh. might remember this. Um, by myself, playing for myself on my little guitar in a giant Catholic church, nine years old. Mrs. Halsey taught me the song, and it was going to be the first time I sang, and I completely froze and didn't do it. Mm. Yes. <laughs> it just terrified, right? Because yeah. there were no intermediate practice points up until this point. I guess oh. it didn't strike me as a nine-year-old that it was going to be that big, and then I stood up there and saw all those hundreds of faces, and I thought, mm. nope, not doing it. You know? <laughs> um, but I haven't frozen since. I will, you know, that yeah, was like yeah, my yeah. first time went, nope, 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 you know. Uh. Uh-huh. Not gonna do it. Um, nobody made an issue of it, which I guess is probably why I went back in and tried it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. How about you, Anita? Did you perform as a child? Yes, um, choirs, um, yeah. school skits and plays, and Christmas shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, the most blissful place, and it still is. Yeah. And I think we're sitting here amongst artists and artists that might be listening and folks that enjoy music. It is a place of solitude and mm. joy and can be sorrow and it's it's my place where no one can hurt you no one can touch you no one can mm. yeah. it, it is a complete happiness yeah for sure did you guys have vocal training at all some okay. i had yeah, some um and i think i probably would have continued with it mm. um and would like to still um but you know my path took a different you know i got married had a career moved sure, out of california sure. had children so mm. there was a gap in there mm-hmm. um and and then I took up a different kind of creativity when I moved back to California, and I, and I can tell you about that later. But Anita um, had more intensive training. Yeah, Joe Barnett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I believe he passed around 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, but m- several artists mm-hmm. of my generation mm-hmm. studied yeah. with Joe Barnett. He had uh, in Concord. Uh-huh. He directed some youth theater productions. I was fortunate to be a part of his production of Pippin. He directed ah, at DVC. I did Pippin, yeah. Um, Red Hot and Coal for Center Rep in Walnut Creek. Just such a brilliant artist, yeah. mm. for sure. 
fantastic mad piano skills and soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a wicked sense of humor and kind. Uh, he worked with Fantasy Forum, mm-hmm. Actors Ensemble, yeah. as their accompanist and rehearsal pianist. Um, ask any area artist yeah. of the 80s and the 90s mm. about Joe Barnett and just a unique soul. And yeah. I'm so glad, even if it was only for a little while. Uh, my folks were almost both retired by then. So they said, you know, budget-wise, you got to help out here with funding for the lessons. So I paid for them on my own mm-hmm. for a mm. while. But I'm so grateful, even for the work that I got to do underneath him and watch him. And I learned so much by watching him. Yeah. Joe yeah. Barnett, rest in peace. And yeah. he directed us together. <coughs> in what? In West Side Story. That's Ooh. right. Oh, wow. That's, That's right. right. Okay. So they're making a movie. They're, making, oh, yeah. they're remaking yeah. West Side yes. Story. Mm-hmm. I did, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. So the last time... Prior to 2016, the last time Anita and I were actually on stage together was in 1985, the Contra Costa Musical Theater production of West Side Story, and it was directed by Uh, Joe. Joe. Uh Choreographed um, by Joe, right? uh, I think so. That's terrible. I can't remember. But um, Uh that's – I played Anita, and you were Rosalia. Rosalia. Yeah, you were Rosalia. So we we had our own squad. Uh, I got my Shelley Award for that. That's wow. Right. Uh, wow, that's fantastic. But uh-huh. it had been since then. Of course, it, I, I had moved and done mm-hmm. career stuff after that, but Anita continued, obviously, in, yeah. in her journey and, and her Shelley Award. Uh-huh. Um, but that was up until 2016. That was the last time that you and I had mm-hmm. actually yeah. performed together, which blew some people's minds, by the way. <laughs> the, the CCCT, I mean, I tell you, they, they, uh, they have such amazing um, – what – <clears throat> They've been going on for a long time. Right. I remember when I first first came. Have you acted at the CCCT? Uh, no, well, not, maybe not yet. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, actually, they don't. They're not equity. That's right. Uh, no, that's why. Yeah. No, I, I, I what I love, and it's so funny. I was talking about it within the last day. Yeah. The difference between professional and unprofessional. I actually hate that as a designation because I know people who have plenty of experience, who have wonderful talent, but theater requires you to give. Of yes. yourself, to give a lot of yourself. And I don't mean in some spiritual way. I mean in a practical day-to-day kind of way. You've got to give a lot of time. If somebody's not paying you enough, then you've got to have another resource, financial resource, to support. So you are paying to do the art. I just don't have a whole lot of appreciation for places that take advantage of people. Now, if you are free and able to do all that because you've got that whole support structure, that's great. There's a whole level of talent that... You know, that people who aren't able to do that. And so what I hate is at my age, I know lots of people who have been doing Bay Area theater for over 30 years. Um, like there's a guy, uh, Ron Muriera, who if we could ever get him on would be oh, great. Mean, yeah. He is the arts advocate in San Jose, cultural arts advocate in San Jose. Um, he is Filipino, you know, ethnically, but he reaches out for everybody and is trying to be very inclusive. It's wonderful. Well, his memories of me are back in the day when we used to party because you'd do a show and you'd go out afterwards. And we were hanging with the folks at the show at The Magic or at the show at ACT, all of us kind of hanging together. That's his memory of it. The man has not been on stage in decades. He is wonderfully talented. But at a certain point, you got to pay the bills. And then once you have some kids, you got to pay the bills. So, unfortunately, unless he had some free time, he can't work at a place like CCCT. Yeah, and, you know, that's – and as wonderful as the good works that CCCT do, they wanted me to in All the Way, which was a piece right. that uh, Kari and a couple of other uh, friends of mine were in. Yeah. But I know from experience, and if someone from CCCT wants to come on, they really – they don't pay. 
No, and, I would I mean, love. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, they, they do pay, but it's it's minimal. It's it's, it's not. Yeah. It doesn't even cover your costs, especially if you're coming across a bridge. It right. Does not cover your right. Costs. And that and that's unfortunate. And I hope that they improve on that. And uh, it's. I mean, why do a production if you can't well, truly compensate someone? So on the need? professional, yeah. unprofessional scale, yeah, the people who are paying their dues, yeah, who are coming up. That's a great way for them to get in and get some really juicy roles, and that's wonderful Sure, for that extent. In fact, one of them that we keep mentioning pretty much every week is Kari. <laughs> Kari Moy, that's right. And it's like, I don't know why anybody could possibly call this man unprofessional. Exactly. He's hot right now. He's been hot for a couple of years. That's right. Deservedly. Yeah. And he keeps being pushed now. Mm-hmm. Are you going to become equity? And he's like, well, I don't know, because he's yeah. getting these sweet, sweet roles. Yeah. And places like that are actually having to sweeten the pot a little bit and make sure they offer him enough money so that he's not <coughs> paying to be involved in their production. Exactly. And so I'm sure Marilyn Langbeth, I think she's the one who runs CCCT. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she will. Um, and but it's just one of those things of funding. I mean, I, this is a part of theater that I really don't know of as far as production yeah. and and funding and, and whatever. I but would agree with that. Were the sets nice? Sets nice? I bet they were. Do they have a phone? Yep. Do they have a monthly bill on a phone? They pay that every month, don't yep. they? Yes, they do. Lights? Yes, they Microphones? Do. Those are expensive. They got microphones. They ain't got $200 to throw to an actor, but they'll spend $200 on a <laughs> microphone? Please! You're pre- I don't need a microphone. You're preaching to the crowd. Jeez. I know. No, don't get... <laughs> okay. Thank you for the commercial break. Back to... <laughs> but no, I, I totally sorry, understand. Y'all. No, no, no. It's fine. So, um, did y'all, you please, y'all please talk from your experience of it because <laughs> Ask, it's uh, worthwhile, obviously. You wouldn't mm-hmm. be here otherwise. You wouldn't yeah. be doing it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, and one true. last thing on CCCT. That was the first show that I was involved in professionally here in the Bay Area. They, uh, I was with a company called Bay Stage, and we rented out the space, and we did a thing oh. called Tinker's Nebula. Uh-huh. So that was the first thing that I could put on my resume. So for young actors, if you're hu- young and hungry and you just need to get something on there, that's a perfect place to be. Yes. Um, any case, uh, did you guys study theater? Did you uh, in in like college? No. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I did. I did uh, locally. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, we had we had some great at that time. We had great educators uh, right in our own neighborhood at mm-hmm. Diablo Valley College. We had. Oh yeah. Um, the illustrious. No, they still have a good program. Jim Kirkwood. They still have a great. A great group over there, but um, Jim Kirkwood, Marlon Shanks, who else was there? Les Abbott, um, Ray Stansbury. Mm-hmm. I did performances Harvey with them and Harvey Berman. Uh, you oh. know that they were such a great. They were great educators. Mm. They were masters at asking questions, mm. similar to how I described Dawn when I was talking with her. She's a master asker. Right? Yeah, Dominic Williams. Yeah, they mm-hmm. bring you to a place without being so prescriptive. Sure, you know? and and. Uh, inspire you to make strong choices versus saying this is what I think. Yeah, you know? and that's where you learn uh, in theater. We talk about beats and objectives and techniques and things like that. Did you learn that there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Anita, do you, are you as, as far as theater is concerned? I'm always interested in how uh, people are you familiar with like beats and objectives and things like that, or like let's say Stanislavski or Meisner and anything like that. No. Not at all. I didn't. I didn't and it's probably not even necessary at all. If I know what they are, I didn't know that I know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? But no. Anita's a storyteller. You know, mm-hmm. I think, and that and that comes. I think some of that grows out of your vocal training, right? Because you you are a natural born storyteller. Um, I th- we're both performers. We yeah. we grew up that way. Whether it was choir, church, theater, Concord Blue Devils. Blue Devils. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with yeah. the Concord Blue Devils, but they're a 
internationally renowned Drum and Bugle Corps. And we were with oh, them nice. based out of Concord, mm-hmm. um, and now they've grown into a much larger performing arts organization. They provide all the drum lines for all the local teams, mm-hmm. um, and they you know they per- have different performing entities. But we grew up with them, and so mm-hmm. there's you know for, through that we learned. Obviously, team, we learned collaboration, we learned competition, we mm-hmm. learned commitment. precision and commitment. Mm-hmm. And so there's a certain amount of that you take away and you apply, right? As In you every do. other aspect, yeah. 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 Work and play. Yeah. 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 Speaking of technique, as far as music is concerned, because I'm always concerned, uh, when I remember when I did Candide, I sort of had to relearn, I guess, all of the vocal techniques that I, I never really had vocal, vocal training. I mean, my dad taught me as much as I could as far as breathing and how to hit, let's say, a note without stressing your vocal cords or whatever. Did you have those sort of techniques, uh, speaking specifically to uh, Anita? Placement, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe was very helpful with those sorts of things. Um, Illness during a run, during Once once on this island. The second week of the run, I had a horrible sinus infection. But so now we decide how to place things, where to push, where I absolutely cannot push. Um, And the, the medical things that you do for yourself and just take care and take care and say no to things if you can. And, um, yeah, push, push through. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I'm always um, interested in things like that. Uh, when I did Candide, there were a lot of uh, opera, um, classically trained opera singers mm-hmm. who were not necessarily actors. And then there were us actors who could sing. And it was interesting seeing the different techniques that each used, both acting techniques and also vocal techniques. Mm-hmm. And we had Michael Muhammad. He, talk, he directed Candide, and he talked about working with both you know, uh, actors and singers. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was fascinating. So um, now, Sheila, you took a break from theater. Uh, You traveled and and what have you. You started a family. Started a family, got married, traveled, uh, worked my way up with my day job career. Mm -hmm. What what did you do? Don't don't, don't, don't slip past this. I want to hear. (laughs) Travel? (laughs) Well, I did that when I came back. So Mm -hmm. um, when I moved back to California, um, you know, continued on that path, eventually, got divorced and changed my living situation. And so um, our folks were older at that point, and mm-hmm. we sort of uh, put together our resources, right? So sure. the kids, you know, I was there to support my mom and dad as they got oh. older and mm-hmm. before they passed away. And then, of course, my mom was there to help me with because I still had small children at the time. Oh, nice. And we were looking for something to do that would be creative, that mm-hmm. we could do as sisters now that mm-hmm. I was back in the area. Um, and so we knew we were going to either take flamenco or oh. Middle Eastern dance lessons. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. And we went to a restaurant that's been there forever. It's in Pleasant Hill called El Morocco. I, I know the story. All right. Owned uh, by Fadil okay. Shaheen. Yes. Who's been the owner there for years. And um, we saw a gorgeous dancer, um, her uh, 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 Amira, okay, mm-hmm. tall, mounds of auburn hair, just mm-hmm. so feminine and beautiful. And we watched her dance. And we went, that is the most gorgeous thing we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, well, you know, there's a great studio in Walnut Creek. And we went. In Walnut there Creek? Is. There's <laughs> a we grew right. up there. We did. And so we said, let's go. And we started taking lessons. And before you knew it, we were performing in little student performances. Yeah. And Anita was still singing with You guys JD were belly dancers, right? I was a belly dancer. Yeah. Anita, you were good. Um, but mm-hmm. Anita was also Sheila, still singing with the band. Uh-huh. Right? Yours so took off. Fantastic. So Anita was singing with the band. And they were the home team band, by the way, for Golden State for several years. Oh, Just cool. got to get that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JD and company. Go Dubs. Yeah, Go Dubs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just kept learning. I kept um, experiencing different types and, and uh, 
different types of dance, learning more about the music, learning mm-hmm. more about the dialogue, um, and that led to travel, and that led to teaching, and that wow. led to performing professionally. Um, that in led Egypt. I went to Egypt. Yay. I did. Wow. I, I went to um, the biggest dance and music festival in Egypt. It's called the Ahlan Wasalan Festival, uh-huh. and um, it's at a held at uh, the Mena House, which mm-hmm. is a restored Egyptian hunting lodge, and it's right in um, uh, Giza, right at, uh-huh. the, right at the base of the pyramids. Damn. So, yeah, so I went all the way there and, mm-hmm. and danced um, there with an Egyptian orchestra. They said uh, when we were signing in, they said, did you bring your orchestra with you? And I, <laughs> I looked at a friend of mine. I was like, was I supposed to, was I supposed to bring something? And she said, no, it's okay. And I said, all right, well, uh, no, I don't have my orchestra. And they said, all right, you dance with the house band. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, the house band was 18 musicians mm-hmm. and and backup vocals. Yeah, uh-huh. Beautifully right. orchestrated wow. music. Mm. So, yeah, here's me from <laughs> California, uh-huh. right, going, I, you know, I don't know how I got here, but this is fabulous, dancing to this fully orchestrated music <laughs> with the big ESPN dancer cam floating over the, mm. yeah. It was quite an experience. I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, it wow. So, yeah, cool. yeah. And I'm thinking you must have been, I mean, not to date you, but you were mid-30s, late-30s? Oh, late. Yeah, at yeah. that point. Sweet. Yeah. And you would think that someone would have this experience at a younger Everything age or something right, like that. Yeah. So it's fantastic. Well, that, you, know, you know, it's interesting because the, the American audience, like at El Morocco, for example, yeah. they, you know, they're, okay, I'm just going to say it, yeah. right? The Raiderette, right? They're looking for more right. of a, yes. more yeah. of a Western right. look, right? right? More of a 70s cabaret right. type, like North Beach, mm-hmm. you know, dancer mm-hmm. sure. type. But um, the Middle Eastern and Arabic audience, they, they want the legit, authentic, and that's right. not um, no, an a mature woman who it's knows. It's not an athletic mm-hmm. youngster. Yeah. You know, what they're looking for is a curvy, n- actual woman right. yeah. who will interpret mm-hmm. the music, you know, has some life skills. and will I don't know how many music, times yeah. I've been to a Moroccan restaurant where they have the dance. And, yes, this middle-aged woman comes out and is like, what's she going to do? And then she starts, and you're like, oh. I want to go home with her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is fantastic. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, just so having, fun. yeah. I mean, because we've had we've had women on talk about how they feel that there's a clock, and if I don't, you know, do anything, you know, by the time I hit twenty five or thirty, then it's all over, and I'll just right. have to stop any sort of performance, mm-hmm. and I'll just be, as invisible. we talked earlier, invisible. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And exactly. you're, and you're proving right now that's just not true at all. Well, and of course, that was the irony of me singing that song, right? Because yeah. we, because we as performers, right, as singers, performers, actors, we put ourselves out there constantly. Yeah. So right. that was, you know, it's a bit of a hurdle when you're singing a song that's talking about people just don't see you. Right. right? When you get to a certain point in your age, that is something that you need to fully I- investigate and, and look into and, and mm-hmm. explore because is clearly not what we do. Yeah. Right. We put ourselves right. out there all the time. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it definitely resonates, obviously, yeah. with people. Yeah. And, Anita, it sounds like you're having a very vibrant, uh, you know, uh, life as far as a singer. You know, you're still singing. You are with a band. Talk to me, talk to me about the band that you're with. J.D. and Company has been together since 1968, Ooh. I believe, when they were all younger men mm-hmm. uh, growing up in and around North Beach. Mm-hmm. Our lead guitarist, Joe Tarantino, his mother created the Madonna de Lume celebration in North Beach, mm-hmm. celebrating a vision many sure. hundreds of years ago of fishermen mm-hmm. and the miracle that happened at sea. There was a storm and they were saved. Right. He has grown up with music and playing music all his life, mm-hmm. and one by one, they all met over the course of playing gigs and music, mm-hmm. and then around 94, they were looking for a female singer that had always been all men in the group. Uh-huh. Um, so they came to a restaurant where I was cocktailing, I was waiting tables mm-hmm. to put my rent together, 
um, I had just done a year before Red Hot and Cold. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. Then was the Civic Arts Theater in downtown mm-hmm. Walnut Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, that building, up until the new Lesher Center, had been uh, the Civic Arts Theater or right. the yeah. Nut House. It was a shelling warehouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the beautiful new theater had been built. I did a chorus line. I was Morales in a oh. chorus line. The first run of in the Hoffman Theater. And mm. then they produced The Skin of Our Teeth. And I was um, Gladys Anthropos. Mm. I, I was in The Skin of Our Teeth. Well, an, another uh, production of that. Yeah. The first run in the small 300 theater, the mm-hmm. um, now Margaret Lesher Theater. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Black Box Theater didn't exist then. It mm-hmm. wasn't built yet and it wasn't yeah. being used. Now, The Skin of Our Teeth, mm-hmm. that's a drama. That's, there's no mm-hmm. singing there. Yeah. So you actually was, did some, some I did. acting. I did. I dipped cool. my foot in this a bit. Yeah. And I was, oh, I was honored to work um, with Carrie Sean. I've done a Christmas mm-hmm. Carol with her many years ago. Mm-hmm. Carrie Sean, wonderful local actress. I just, we both oh. think the world uh-huh. over her and her family. Yes. Once that started, I got an itch to do something different. Mm-hmm. I wanted to branch out my vocals and see what my voice could do. Yeah. So working tables and working in restaurants, and uh, the drummer Bob Borellis found me at a club in Concord and said, "Would you like to come to a rehearsal?" And I thought, mm-hmm. "Okay, sure." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a woman going into the situation, I thought, just, you know, check your surroundings and, and make sure everything's right. okay. And they're all on the up and up. Yep. The nicest bunch of guys. Oh, my gosh. And I felt immediately comfortable and at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tried a few songs, and I stayed with them until 2008 mm-hmm. and then decided I needed a break uh-huh. and my weekends back. <laughs> That's a lot of chicken dinners. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of weddings. Oh, yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. A lot of weddings and events and festivals, and it was right. a blast. And I, my catalog grew. Oh, I bet. It, I, we have a, a song list, I think, on the Internet. It's probably close to, like, 300, 400 songs. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. And lots of specialty pieces learned for couples or learned for an occasion. Sure. And, um, 2008, I took a break. Um, my husband and I traveled some. He's Italian. Mm-hmm. Orazio Colato. Colato is my married name. Mm-hmm. He's just a wonderful person and husband and mm-hmm. supportive of all things in the arts. He mm-hmm. plays keyboards, B3 organ, oh. uh, trained by ear, mm-hmm. was in a mm-hmm. rock band in Italy in his younger years. Huh. But um, did sounds like a good match. Oh, yeah. yeah, just yeah. a doll, just a wonderful man. I'm blessed. Yeah. And in 2015, got another itch. <laughs> thought, mm-hmm. I'd like to dip my foot back into theater. I uh-huh. want to see what I can could mm-hmm. do. Yeah. I auditioned for Tri Valley Repertories Company, uh, company's production of The King and I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Lady Chang, is that a real far reach? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I got it. Right mm-hmm. on. <laughs> and made that piece. Something wonderful yes. work my way. Yeah, I know that it's been performed in the past as a beautiful right. aria, aria. Yeah. beautiful, beautiful classical piece. But I brought my twist to it and made it far more conversational. Yeah. And I can't tell you that I'm very happy. The number of women of a certain age that came up to me after the show in the lobby and said, took my hand and said, "You were talking about." ex-husband mm-hmm. or my uh-huh. current husband or my husband that has passed on he was right. a difficult man and people didn't understand him family didn't understand him but you brought it home for me wow yes Powerful. that meant something yeah that meant something and speaking of which that's um sort of the themes of women on the verge oh you yes. know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um i know it's been uh, i think about a month i mean it's funny how time flies since we've done it um is it just a month really yeah has it been yeah yeah wow. yeah i think so um but what what are your memories of it? Um, how I mean, do you 
do you miss it? Or are you like, thank goodness it's it's done? <laughs> I mean, how, how do you, how do you feel, what are your thoughts about it? You know, I, I really liked that piece a lot. And, um, you know, it, it's sort of shrouded in the, in the chatter around, well, it didn't last very long on Broadway. Or, well, if Patti LuPone couldn't save it, nothing can. And I was mm-hmm. like, And yeah, you, you, you did Patti LuPone's uh, role, right? I did. And I ain't her, clearly. <laughs> you know. mm-hmm. um, you I am okay. an admirer, but I'm not her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like the fact that the town hall um, production staff and Dawn mm-hmm. um, chose to trend this production much more closely to the London version that oh. came several years after the Broadway mm-hmm. production. Mm-hmm. Take away all the tech, all the flashing lights, all the other stuff that sort of muddied the first production, mm-hmm. and really scale it down to the to what's at the core, which is this super funny. Mm-hmm. Um, farce. hilarious farcical yeah. script. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. I remember just reading it going, this is actually hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this production, I just, I really loved it because it's fresh, it's new. Um, we were, we took, uh, you know, the space that we had, mm-hmm. the, you know, budget or tech or whatever constraints we had um, and said, this, we're going to make it work and yeah. it's going to be funny. And it was. Um, we had a phenomenal band, small, yeah, packed that's right. into a, mm-hmm. just this tiny little spot, um, rocking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think as so much dialogue, so much rapid fire, right? Yeah. And I think as that tightened up, the show just got just better and better. You know, it's funny dealing, because I, I always say I, I enjoy drama more than comedy, because comedy is difficult because you have to, the timing it's has timing. to be right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And. It's as I get older, I have to realize the more serious you take comedy, I guess the more funnier it is. You know, mm-hmm. if you play for the laughs, then you don't get it. But if you play it straight, right? And you really showed that uh, Sheila in playing your character. Your character could have been a one-dimensional, just a a battle axe of a woman right, who right. is, you know, grabs a gun and wants to shoot her husband because she's messing around with the protagonist. But right. you brought so much sincerity to oh, uh, the you. role in just treating it like, hey, listen, you know. I was put into an asylum, and and I still care for him, and I'm still holding on to my memories, and you know those are sort of the 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 foundation that you that you had that character on, and of course there were the fun bits, and of course you knew oh, yeah. where the fun bits were, but you didn't play it like a I felt you didn't play it like comedy, you played it like it was a serious thing, which made it funnier, which mm-hmm. makes it funny, exactly. yeah. yeah, anybody and who relatable just, and relatable, right. and relatable. anybody who tells you that and um, will tell you you can't. You know, like anybody, if you're interacting, who is that? I heard um, being interviewed. Oh, Michael Caine. He was being interviewed for oh, yeah. favorite movies, The Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. no, that's funny. <laughs> Which, I know. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. His, just his like, resume is insane. Right. Yeah. Going for laughs. But I remember him saying it won't work, right? That's why we all love that as mm-hmm. sort of one of those Christmas classics because he had to play Scrooge mm-hmm. straight. Right, right. right? Couldn't right. play it like, I'm a puppet, right? He right. had to play it straight or yeah. it wouldn't work. Right. You know, mm-hmm. right. that's why it's funny. Yeah. yeah. So we had balance. We had singing vegetables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and it works. Yeah. yeah. Norman, I'm going to bring you in as a director. I don't know how many comedies you've directed. I don't know. Um, it's funny because I was sitting here thinking as you were saying that. I'm playing Touchstone right now. Touchstone is one of those characters in Shakespeare that you read a play and you understand. You can recognize that this is meant to be funny. You can even break down how it's supposed to be funny. But on an intellectual level, if you break down a joke for somebody, it just falls flat. 
So what you end up having to do is find out what is the character trying to say and why are they saying it in this florid way. Um, and I'm good at that, apparently, because people keep saying, you are so – that is such – I'll say something, and they're like, that is such a touchstone thing. And I'm like, well, no, that's just me. But what I've learned, two things. One is, so yes, I have to ground that in something that feels real to me, and then my scene partner has to react to it. And so the audience is cracking up, and I'm like, it's not my – it's my delivery, but it's my setup, really. It's, you know, it's my scene partner kind of going and mm-hmm. popping it that makes that laugh happen. And I'm like, okay, I can't – I think of myself as a comic actor. I am not a comedian. That is not my skill set. I need to – I need to do the intellectual thing and figure out where I can ground this and make sense of it. And, in fact, we were working a scene, and the director just told me, frankly, I was going to cut some of those lines, but you're making sense of them, so I'm going to leave that in. And I'm like – What a compliment. I worked my ass off just to make sense of it for myself. (laughs) So, yes, I'm working to make sense of it for you, the audience. Yes. And I've created all these bits that are just me trying to make sense of – I say at one point – Corin says to me, how do you like this rustic life? And I do this whole thing that, in respect of this, it's great, uh, but in respect of this, it isn't. And the second one is, in respect that it is solitary, I like it very well, but in respect that it is private, it is a very vile life. Now, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Um, And I'm like, okay, so what I do is, the moment before I've just said I don't like the rustic life, I pull out a cloth in my pocket to wipe my hands of the work that we've been doing. And the cloth that I pull out are the letters, the um, Orlando letters that have been on all the trees mm. at the top of the second half. I've pulled one down. They've already seen me with it. I stick it in my pocket. I come back in this scene. I'm trying to clean my hands up of the rustic life, and I realize, oh, solitary is okay, but I'm all by myself. I'm private. <laughs> and director's never said anything to me about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, oh, and I have another weird joke where I know it's a physical bit. So I had to keep working to make this physical bit work. She said, just don't worry about the physical bit. Just say the line. Just say the line. I finally figured out how to make the physical bit work. So I set myself up for that. A few lines later, I've got this line, and bam, there's this physical bit. Again, I've got no note on this at all. And I'm like, I would have loved it if somebody had said to me, so you have to set up this thing so that that works. You know what, though? Sometimes no note. And mm-hmm. who, who was I don't remember who I was listening to, and I don't, I don't remember if it was one of your podcasts, but interviewing a director, and they said, you know, sometimes you feel bad because you're splitting your time, and your focus goes to where the need is. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't get a note, right, wasn't needed. Right. You yeah. know, it was yeah, working. Yeah. I think it may have been with Dawn because I, I complained that there are times where I'm working so hard as an actor, right. like getting a bid in and whatever, right. and I don't get a response. I'm like, okay, is, does it work? Does it not work? And I'm like, okay, well, I just got to roll with it. And, uh, it's, and it's like, like with, um, with Women on the Verge, there were a couple of bits that I worked in mm-hmm. <laughs> that I never got any notes in or whatever, right. like the flipping of the hat or whatever when yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. there's a yeah. thing. So and, that's the yeah. thing to answer your question about being a director and dealing yes. with that. Yeah, I need my actors to actually – I cast you because you were making sense of this character in a way that I think will benefit the show. It is not my job to kind of unpack all of that. It is our job in a collaborative sense for Mm -hmm. you to make some suggestions. I can make some adjustments where needed. And if you figure it all out on your own, 
Woo, I get to go home and go to sleep tonight. <laughs> Bring me something to work of. with. Yeah. Show me what you can exactly. with. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I guess the lesson is, as an actor, you have to constantly work on stage. Yeah. Find the things. You know, mm-hmm. if there's a word or phrase or clause that doesn't make sense what you're talking, you know, find a reason, you know, why mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. And always, you know, find whatever little bits you can find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a, as a, as women on stage, and we've had women uh, on, have you had to deal with anything um, regarding sexual harassment or any 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 bad stories or what have you? Um, and maybe not. Maybe you've been very lucky. Me too, or me too's that exactly. You've seen. Well, I'll start and then I'll pass to Anita. I I haven't experienced anything like that uh, um, doing any shows, working with theater, uh, you know, in any capacity. Um, what I will say also is you would think, right, having mm-hmm. been worked and traveled as a professional belly dancer, that people are like, oh, people must hit on you all the time. What's interesting, it has to do with how you position yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly you're out in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, relatively exposed, although not, right. you know, super, like certainly not like most of the videos I see. I, You know, I'm like, oh, well, this is modest mm-hmm. by comparison. Um, <laughs> but it's how you, uh, it, you know, it's your presence, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And... In most cases, most of the stuff I did was there were professional gigs. You were hired to do an anniversary or a wedding or a, you know, so you're there for a reason and people are respectful. Um, I never had an issue with that. Never had anybody follow me to my car. Never had. Mm. People were helpful, respectful, mm. um, sometimes a little drunk and awkward, but not inappropriate. Mm. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. yeah. The only time anybody was ever inappropriate was um, an 80-year-old gentleman uh, who the family had hired me to perform at his birthday mm. and they put him in his favorite recliner and and said okay here we're going to do this show they did not know he could get out of said recliner okay uh-huh. and um i was turned around facing you know the, the majority of the family this way and all of a sudden i saw their faces drop and go <gasps> and i turn around and he was you know coming up out of his chair and they're uh-huh. like no grandpa so that was a near miss um, he, he was trying to grab at you or something? he was trying to come dance with me and, oh, okay. and he subsequently almost fell on me okay. you know bless his heart as they say but um family was very gracious yeah family was very gracious like, so sorry. it sounds so sorry. like you inspired like, him if he, he, couldn't get, he couldn't get out of the chair all of a sudden you were yeah, there apparently was like, he was boom. able to get out of the chair yeah so but no nobody was ever yeah you know, nobody ever grabbed you know i mean i think mm-hmm. it's just how you're ready for that if you see people that are a little wobbly you tend to stay a little further away you know just, yeah. yeah you mentioned something very important that, that i think young actors young actresses should know how you conduct yourself or how you um just not well, i guess what i'm saying is if you if you um if you basically you know just present yourself as hey listen i'm here as a professional right. and mm-hmm. yeah. this is and you know i want you to if, if i act professionally you're going to treat me with professionally exactly. as well so, uh, most how about Anita? Respond to that, yeah. Exactly. A bit, a bit. Yeah. But then I find when it's addressed immediately mm-hmm. and knowledge, common knowledge between the artistic staff and the artists involved mm-hmm. that we're all here for a common reason mm-hmm. um, and talk it out amongst people. And if it does happen to anyone listening, um, just let your, your staff know yeah. and um, mm-hmm. And be comfortable. The most important thing for all of us as artists is you want to feel safe and comfortable right. creating this right. beautiful thing that we do. You can't bring your art authentically and right. strong without it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. There's a vulnerability that's necess- necessary and right. 
there has to be a space to nurture that. Too. Yes. Exactly. And I'd ask the both of you because, you know, you've been around in theater and also just in performing for a long time, and I'm always interested in the trajectory between how, let's say, companies have acted, let's say, in the 80s or the 90s mm-hmm. as opposed to now. Um, but it sounds like, you know, it's – well, I guess we're, we're in a bubble with the Bay Area. I think people are far mm-hmm. more – aware of how to treat and conduct each other mm-hmm. so well we, we've got those bad actors too but sure sure you know, i think we're in this era now and i love that we when we the subject comes up i love that we get to talk about um like with as you like it we actually spent was basically an hr day like we had an eight hour day uh, mm-hmm. where most of it was just talking about this and that and being appropriate on and off stage right. and um, making sure it was clear that there were avenues of, you know, levels of way to deal with it. You feel like you can say to your scene partner, feel free to say to them, if you don't feel like it, there's somebody else you can talk to. If it needs to come up to the official level, these are the ways to do that. And um, specifically for the onstage stuff, the intimacy coach, I'm, I'm actually getting ready for an audition. I look forward to talking about it next week, and we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But um, in there is a kiss. And I'm like, why would you give me – this is for the audition. Seriously? You're going to make me come at somebody? Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and be appropriate, but I'm also going to try and be in character. And I love that there is now this notion of an intimacy coach, you know, like yes. a choreographer, mm-hmm. like a fight, you know, mm-hmm. choreographer, mm-hmm. Um, that there's somebody who's going to say, let's figure out how to do this. Because on the one level, yes, we're telling a story, and there's some things that need to happen within that, but everybody needs to feel safe. Yes. Absolutely. And with that, we are coming up to the one-hour mark. Uh, Shout-outs, birthdays. Birthdays. We've got a pretty good list this week. Come on. Uh, Happy birthday, kids. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because I send that email out or Facebook post out Mm -hmm. to people, and they get all – most of them are pretty nicely responsive. Uh, Lawrence, I thought I had another name there. Lauren Spencer's birthday's coming up. Lauren, um, speaking of appropriate and inappropriate, Lauren and I did a reading of a play where I played. The play starts off, it's, I think it's called The Good Wife. And the play starts off with um, this older gent and his younger wife. Only you find out a couple of scenes into this, it's not his wife, it's his daughter, but he's losing his mind, Mm. and she's been caretaking, and so she's been not dealing with this, and the play takes us there. So really, (coughs) really uncomfortable place to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, Laura, and and that was definitely one where there was a whole lot of trust that we had to build very quickly just to Mm -hmm. make that feel appropriate. Um, Anyway, wonderful Bay Area actress. Um, Amanda Shelton, who is the producer of the Shelton Theater. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, she's Matt's wife, and she yeah. really takes a wonderful Yeah, when the Playwrights Center of San Francisco, when they do their showcases at the Shelton Theater. At the Shelton Theater. Yeah. Uh, Brian Thorstenson is a Bay Area playwright. Um, I actually know him when he was a young actor at Theater Rhinoceros way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to do um, <clears throat> The Toilet, Amiri Baraka's The Toilet. It's a one-act um, group of boys in a high school. And I'm like, none of us were like, we were all under 30 maybe, but we were none of us were under 20. <laughs> Really funny. Um, Howard Johnson, um, young actor who got to do one of the first um, Oakland Public Theater shows, a show called Blackballing. Mm. And he's still doing a lot of Bay Area theater. In fact, I think he is in one of the readings with the Playwrights Festival right now. Um, William Razo is a director and producer. He's with Anton's Well. Mm-hmm. 
I should. I always try to skip the names. I know you're going to hit. No, 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 no. Um, Michael Curry yeah. is um, a young black actor, and it's so funny. Um, he did. I think it was called Black Odyssey with uh, Cal Shakes. That was so successful. Oh, I heard about brought that. it again back last yeah. season. Um, he's been doing stuff around, and I saw him in an Ubuntu show. Um, Dance on the Holy Ground, Dance on the Sacred Ground, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous play by Marcus Gardley. And he played one of the key figures in it. Just wonderful young actor. Mm. Um, Kitty Pine is a Latina who I got to do a show with a long time ago. I did, oh, this is a 9-11 story. Um, so when 9-11 happened, that was a rehearsal day for me as an actor. <laughs> me too. And yeah. um, and I was actually supposed to rehearse two shows. They didn't call the actors for the first rehearsal because as this was hitting the news, they figured people were in transit. So they actually had the first rehearsal. I was scheduled to be at the second rehearsal, and I show up, and they're like, yeah, we're canceling today. Don't, don't even bother. I was also directing a reading, and Kitty was one of the people in that reading. Um, and we were like, it's a reading. We've already scheduled everything. This is like a week of rehearsal, and then we're going to put this up. Um, what are we going to do? And the playwright had called us. She was an immigrant, and her stuff was just going to immigrant immigration court, and her lawyer was like, you should not put this up right now. This would be a really bad idea. So we said we respect that, and that's fine. And I individually had to go through my whole cast of like over a dozen women and say, because it was set in an INS detention center. Mm. Um, wow. And so we had this huge cast of women. And I had to go individually and say, okay, so I made an announcement. We're not going to do this. We do have another piece we'd like to do if you're willing to stick with us. And individually had to go through and call. So... I will never forget that group of women who stepped up for us. That was wonderful. Karen Amano, and I think it's Karen Amano Thompson because she's uh, married now. She was one of the producers with Thick Description. If you don't know them, they were this amazing theater company that came out of New York, moved to San Francisco, and just turned this sort of intimate theater space. We did a King Lear in a room not much bigger than this room. Wow. Yeah, and I'll never forget the the famous uh, Heath speech that Mm -hmm. Lear does. And he did it holding on to a post, a support beam, because we were in a basement, onto a support beam with the fool standing over him with a watering can, mm. pouring it on him as he sort of mumbled the speech, this famous speech that is normally, normally this huge declamatory speech. Anyway, Karen was one of the people who helped that happen. Um, and then Chad Jones, who is not a theater artist, but he is, um, I think he now has a, a um, blog that he calls Theater Dogs. He's um, mm. been a theater critic in the Bay Area for decades. You would never know what to look at him. Oh, and he's also the curator of a gallery space at the Minnesota Street Project in San Francisco, which is this gorgeous gallery in this new neighborhood off of 3rd Street, mm. stuff that didn't exist before. It's in Some of it is still kind of warehousey, but very upscale warehousey mm. now. Mm. And the rest of it is just a completely new neighborhood right outside of where the, um, the new ballpark is, the Warrior Stadium. Oh, nice. So Chad is over there still making wonderful things happen. <coughs> and uh, these are the theater people I have for this week. Happy birthday. Happy and, birthday. Uh, and, and I've got a couple of folks. Noah Hayden, who I believe acts at theater, um, Ray of Light Theater. Oh. Which is a fantastic place for musicals. So I don't know if you ladies have ever worked with Ray of Light, but uh, they've got a show. Definitely show, no, don't they? Or auditions for a show, I think. I know. think so, but yeah. they usually do. Uh, there have been a lot of folks at Ray of Light who have gone on to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Eigelhart worked yes, with Ray of Light yeah. before he moved on, and uh, a bunch of other folks. So um, Noah Hayden, happy birthday to him. His birthday is today. Uh, let's see. 
Lindsay Smeltzer, I think I talked about her last week, our wonderful uh, music yeah. director when we did um, Women on the Verge. Uh, she is a wonderful actress as well. I've acted with her when uh, we did um, Civil War Christmas. And her birthday fr- uh, was Friday, uh, yesterday. Uh, let's see. Dale Albright. I'm sure you had him on the list that you... Yes, that's good. <laughs> his birthday is Monday, and of course, uh, he is... He works... I'm not sure what his title is at TBA. Uh, um, he, it's, um, it's outreach. He's basically outreach. He's okay. a community and organizational outreach. Yeah, person. Yeah. yeah. And he's also a director and an actor, and I acted with him in uh, Skin of Our Teeth. He was Mr. Antrobus. Mm. And uh, he, was, uh, um, he was on the Yay uh, a while back. Let's see. William Razo, you got him. Michael Curry, right, you got him. Right, which I also forgot about him is he's a producer with Anton's Well. I don't know if I said Is that, that right? Yeah. Oh, uh, R- William Razo? Yes. Oh, okay, fantastic. Also, yeah. Mar- Barbara Michelson Harder, we had her on. She's the wife of Richard Harder. They both oh, run. Yes. <laughs> they both run off Broadway West, mm-hmm. uh, with, and they run out of the Phoenix Theater. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's wonderful to see a, a spouse, a wife who yeah, that's right. is so like, it's like, oh, this woman has got, this man is a big man. He's, he's got a big personality, a lot of opinions. Yes. And this woman can go toe-to-toe with him. I was like, oh. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And cute. I was like, <laughs> you got the package, dude. You, yeah. You scored. It's a wonderful husband-wife uh, team. Yes. And, um, you know, we talk about family. You know, that's the reason why you two are here, why I wanted to have you two here. This wonderful husband-wife who works as a tangent. Because a lot of times you're like, wow, can I really work with my husband or my wife, right? Uh, but they bo- they definitely can. And off Broadway West, they've won you know numerous awards, and they, they do a great, fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Barbara! And her birthday is Wednesday. Uh, and the last person is Kyle Rudolph, and I'm trying to remember where I acted with him. Mm. I want to say he was an ex East. I think we did an EastEnders show. In any case, his birthday is on Thursday, August the first, and that is it. That's no, nope, I remember what the other one is. The name I missed was Timmy. Okay. Rotimi is, um, his birthday is, I think, today. Um, and I had to make a decision, and you're always welcome to weigh in on this, Rich, but mm-hmm. I made a decision that everybody who does one of those little fundraisers for their birthday, which I think is sweet, and I give oh. to some of them, yeah, that I wasn't going to include them on the show unless they were theater-specific. Oh, okay. Rotimi's is theater-specific. He says if you would donate some money to the Mime Troupe. Okay. The SF Mind Troop. I think that's fantastic. So that's fantastic. Happy yeah. birthday. And yeah, we put that out there, and I'll make sure I get right you a link for that. Um, so let's talk about shows. shows. Uh, so uh, since we've said Anton's Well, and if you guys know shows or people that you want to get a shout-out to, feel free to jump in. Um, but uh, Anton's Well is doing uh, some Carol Churchill plays. Uh, they opened on July 18th, Escape Alone, and here we go at the Thousand Oaks Baptist Church in North Berkeley. Hmm. And they opened... A week or two ago. Do we have any friends who are in it? I don't know who's in it. Oh, we'll but, we'll check um, it but it only runs through August 3rd, so yeah. there's like this week. Yeah, you, you know, it's not, quick. Not much time. Yeah. Um, and I do have other ones, but I have to pull them up, so if you've got some. Sure. Well, of course, uh, we've talked about As You Like It, which, of course, you are in Norman. Um, oh, yeah. Shakespeare in the Park. <laughs> Cupertino, one more week. That's right, Cupertino, and then afterwards it's Redwood City. uh, uh, And you guys will be doing it until September 22nd, and I have a link for that. Also, we've been pushing Cheer, Story of a Dreamer, uh, written by Linda Amayo Hassan, and that will be uh, at the the playground. uh, Oh, right, Paturo Stage. Yeah, exactly, Paturo Stage. Uh, That runs until August the 11th. 
Also, uh, good friends of ours, Paul Plain and Stephen McLeod, is in Hairspray. Yes. Ah. Dave Abram, shout out. Yeah, exactly. Sarah <laughs> Sloan is in that, too. Yeah. Right, yeah. And that'll be at the Victorian Theater, where Ray of Light usually uh, does uh-huh. do their stuff. Uh, that'll be running. It's running now until August the 11th. Huh. Um, House of the Negro Insane. I believe it's just a reading, but Akari. Okay, is in, in it. it. And that's today. <laughs> okay. Um and not that I don't know these people. Rowan at the Gates, which I don't even know. It's by Christina Gorman, but it's at Central Works. Okay. And uh, that opened last week and is running. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody just asked me about this show, Citizen, an American Lyric at Shotgun Players. Which is uh, opening Monday. I Oh, no, that's – no, that is Citizen. Why is Car- – is Kari in that? Oh, I don't know. Um, it Let's says Kari invited me, but um, anyway, yeah. somebody was just asking me about it. I'm like, I hadn't heard, but people are saying good things already. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, Shotgun, yeah, they do fantastic stuff. And then this is a group, actually, a musical group, uh, the Alphabet Rockers, but I want to put it out because uh, Tommy Shepard mm-hmm. is uh, one of the mm-hmm. things behind it. An amazing beatboxer, amazing actor, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm always trying to give them some love because I really appreciate the things yeah. that they do. And up in Vallejo, working for the mouse at the Empress Theater is, and why am I blanking on his name now? Um, Trevor, of course. Duh. Trevor Allen wrote this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a one-man piece that he does about his time working at Disneyland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Check that out. So Speaking of musicians, I, I didn't ask you about your uh, wife, Mara. How's, is she gigging? Is she, what, what's oh, going on with yeah, her? She's gigging all over. Tonight, there's a salsa gig. Um, I don't remember okay. where. Um, yeah, but, but no, she's, she's busy. She's, she's, she's busy. Doing oh no, that's the purple ones. <laughs> it's a Prince tribute band. Yes, a Prince. Ah, yes. tribute and, to Prince. And so she's been doing more. There was a while where she was because of other things. She was not the first call. She plays trombone, um, but now she's getting back on the list mm-hmm. as a first call trombone uh, for that. And she knows the book and is very happy with it. You know, so. Uh, it's funny when we were courting, I would go to so many of those shows that at one point they threatened to put me on stage. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be a bad thing. As long as you're here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right, free. exactly. But, um, I, I want, if you guys have shout outs Any? that you want to add, feel free. But I wanted to ask specifically, you've talked a lot about what I think of as like the 680 corridor. Is there like a label for that? Is it like Outer Bay Area? What do you guys call that area what out there? What do we there? call that? East Bay? It's um yeah. you know, because it's Tri Valley is yep. all the way down at the bottom yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. You've talked about Walnut Creek, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I assume you go up into Martinez and mm-hmm. Benicia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's that six eighty quarter East Bay Hills, mm-hmm. what do you call mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Other side of the tunnel. You know. The other yeah. side of the tunnel. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just Touch hoping the that the there was a more positive way. Because <laughs> I've also been spending more time out there the last couple of years doing stuff in Danville, so it's yeah, I'm like, huh, what, yeah. what is that? It needs to be something because there's this amazing wealth of talent that oh, is just kind of all yeah, sitting out there, not willing to come through the tunnel. They're like, nope, I got plenty to do out you here. Know, one <laughs> of the one I think, well, and our our back into it inaugural production in 2016 mm-hmm. was with Tri Valley Repertory. Oh, yeah, a, yeah. a phenomenal production of In the Heights. And oh, okay. directed by Christine, Christina, Christina Lazo. Lazo. Oh. oh, so good. Uh-huh. And it really was good. And I, we had people come from out of state and, and New York and everywhere else. They said, Down this south. Is good. 
show. Yeah. And the both yeah. of you were in it together? Mm-hmm. We right were on. in it together. It was just, it was, I don't remember who it was that told us that they were going to do it, but it was actually my daughter, Jessica, who also sings, ah. who has um, performed with the Peer Pan Foundation. Ah. Of, you know, they do fundraisers to oh. raise money for Children's Hospital in, oh. in Oakland. And uh, Leslie Newell is, uh-huh. the, is the artistic director, you know. Uh-uh, no. Beautiful, beautiful lady, and they, they uh, teach children. Um, from mm-hmm. from teeny tiny ones all the, the way Peter up, Pan the Peter Pan Foundation. Peter Pan Foundation. Yes. yes, they're they're based in Lafayette, East mm-hmm. Bay again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can do a quick shout out for them. Sure. Actually, they yes, have please. a fundraiser coming up. I think it's on Monday, um, where they'll do. It's at Gianni's in San Ramon, Italian restaurant. Italian restaurant, good good restaurant, and they're raising money. So if you go there, tips. Uh, are going to the Peter Pan Foundation. So mm. if anybody feels like eating really great Italian food on Monday mm-hmm. night, and I think some of their artists are going to be waiters. They're going to be evening. waiters, oh, right? So, nice. yeah, so if you want to go to Gianni's in San Ramon and have a great meal and, and mm-hmm. donate to Peter Pan Foundation, but that's uh, my daughter had performed with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica had performed with the Peter Pan Foundation and in, in the Heights, and my son too got roped into it. He's a lacrosse player. He's not a singer. Mm-hmm. They <laughs> needed boys. They needed boys, yeah. and so he had the, before he knew it, he was in there lifting girls and singing and. Uh, <laughs> I said, how's it going? He goes, this is hard. You know, (laughs) (laughs) this is coming from a guy who runs up and down a field, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then Tri-Valley, subsequent to that, did that production of In the Heights and just came to Anita and I said, you you two need to audition. You need to. Mm -hmm. And we weren't as familiar with the show at all, actually, Mm -hmm. at that Mm -hmm. point. But Mm -hmm. we went and and we were cast Anita. That was her first abuela. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I played Camila, you know, the mom. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And we have a link to the Peter Pan Foundation, and uh-huh. so awesome. if anyone wants to donate or come yeah. to the show, that would be fantastic. Nice. Awesome. They're a great group. Did you ladies have a wonderful time? I did. Oh, so much fun. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. For thank us. you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, here is my blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads, really any app that you listen to your podcasts. You can find the Yay. Of course, you're listening to it already, but tell your friends. Uh, if you're an old stogie like me and you you listen to your laptop, you listen to your podcast on a laptop or a desktop, you can find us on iTunes. You can go on iTunes, click on Store, use the search engine on the upper right hand side, find the A, and you'll find us. If you're an Android user, click on SoundCloud or go on SoundCloud.com or download the SoundCloud app, and you can find us. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself. Let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. I'm at Reg Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. <laughs> uh, and uh, ladies, are, are, do you have Instagram, Snapchat, and that sort of stuff? I think I have Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm pretty sure I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I limit myself to Facebook. I'm not on Instagram or Snapchat because I, I wanted to wait until... You know, my kids, until James right. was out of college, I was like, uh, they're like, get on there. I'm like, I don't need to know everything you guys are doing every single day. Yeah. So maybe now. Well, they, maybe now they, they will not friend you on Snapchat. Yeah. 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 They will not friend you on Snapchat. Well, if there are any directors or producers who are looking for some great singers or actresses, yes. uh, you can find both of you on Facebook, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anita Veramontes and uh, Sheila Veramontes. Yes. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. You. Thank you. And we've got to find a better side off. And we are out.